Hello, event hustlers, and welcome to another episode of Taxi Talk Unscripted. This is our glare behind the scenes, behind the velvet ropes of the events industry, and we get to talk to some of the event hustlers that we work alongside with out there in the trenches, and uh, we talk to them about best practices, trends, uh, the things that we learn as we're as we're cutting our teeth out there, and uh, it's all from the perspective of one event planner to the other. So uh, we're we're excited to have you guys sort of. Uh, listen in on this conversation and uh, we host this bi-weekly and uh, and we we post these all over the internet for you guys to enjoy so uh, welcome again I'm here with my trusty co-host Liz King the Liz King of Liz King events ah. <laughs> and, uh, and and we have an exciting guest for you guys today so before we get started uh, we have to definitely give a shout out to our sponsors and supporters Splash and, uh, and if you guys have ever had to work with an event marketing platform, you must absolutely check this out. This is an event marketing platform, the only all-in-one event marketing platform that your designer will absolutely love as much as you do. And uh, these guys are used by all of the big brands out there, the Facebooks, Budweiser, Red Bull. We've used them. Uh, we recommend them highly to everyone. So if you've never uh, got a chance to use them or even check them out, rush to splashthat.com. Or you could check them out as we featured them on TexiTalk.com uh, with our event tech listings. And uh, and we thank them again for, for making this podcast possible. So without any further ado, I'm going to hand it over to you, Liz. Thank you. Thank you, Ed. Um, for our fellow listeners, the, the people who are loyal and listen consistently, you will know that a few weeks ago we had an awesome person on our podcast Lauren Goldberg from AFR Events. She is, you know, one of our great friends in the industry and she sent me an email a few weeks ago and said, "You have to meet Michael." Um and so Michael Radolinski and I connected over the phone a few weeks ago and now we get to have him on our podcast. He's one of those calls where you just you have the phone call and you know that we have to expand this into a larger conversation. So today I'm really pleased to introduce to you Michael Radolinski. He is the founder and CEO of FetPhone. They are a really unique audio guest book. It's, it's a little bit different from what you might imagine in terms of a, a signed guest book. What if you could actually hear your guests telling um, – you messages and and leaving you thoughts. I think this is great for weddings, but Michael and I also chatted about a lot of other things as well. So um, first of all, welcome, Michael. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Liz. Thanks, Ed. I'm thrilled to be here. Um, now, we have a lot of questions for you. We have done a little digging into your past. <laughs> we are investigative reporters. I like it. And uh, so we do have a lot of questions for you, but let's start with the basics. Can you please tell our listeners you know, a little bit about your background, how you got into this industry, and you might want to expand a little bit on what FetPhone is and what you do as well. Sure. So um, as for how I got in the industry, uh, I'll be honest, it was a bit of a circuitous path. Um, and I'm a little embarrassed to say it took me a really long time to come to terms with the fact that you can love what you do and still make a living at it. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, events and production have been a part of my life for as long as I can remember, from helping my mother plan dinner parties at home as a really young kid to planning benefits for a nonprofit scholarship fund and building sets and light designing in high school. Like, I used to skip entire days in class and just sit in the dark and write cues and absolutely loved it. Um, when high school was coming to an end, I, I remember sort of standing at the post office with my application, the North Carolina School for the Arts and their technical theater program in my hand, uh, trying to work up the uh, courage to submit it. 
But I totally chickened out, threw it out in the trash, because I honestly didn't believe that you could be in production or events and still feed your family. <laughs> so instead, I made the um, safer choice, or, you know, air quotes safer, um, and went to a more traditional, although fantastic, uh, liberal arts college, majored in English, um, but spent almost all of my time in the theater while I was there producing or designing just about any show that would have me. Uh, then I think my brother and sister-in-law got married, uh, my sophomore year or so of college. And I essentially accosted their event planners, uh, at the send-off brunch and was like, you have to hire me. I need to work for you. I love what you do. It's, um, production, but it's fun. And, uh, and, and you get to plan these, uh, you know, luxury events all the time. And I think they were totally panicked, um, because a couple of weeks later I found myself, um, hired to work for them to... Uh, I think my first job was standing in the bathroom at a bar mitzvah uh, to make sure that uh, uncles didn't pass drinks to the underage kids. <laughs> um, so I worked a bunch more events with them and got a lot of training, um, sort of my formal training in the industry, you know, everything from folding napkins to sweeping floors to lining up escort cards. Um, and got to work with some really big names in the industry at the time who would come down from New York or elsewhere and sort of hire us for local, uh, local support and local logistics. Um, and then as college was ending, I had all of these applications lined or interviews lined up with uh, venues and event planning firms in the city. Um, but I had... I think on a whim or maybe um, to appease my parents, uh, applied to one law school that had waitlisted me. So I didn't think there was any chance that I was going to get in. Of course, on the eve of my first interview, they called me and said, hey, a spot opened up. Um, you know, uh, are you still interested in going to law school? I said, when do you need to know by? They said, how about the end of this phone call? And I said, okay, I guess. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I wound up, uh, I wound up taking a slight detour and went to law school, moved up to New York, started practicing law. Uh, the whole time I was still, you know, light designing for a dance company down back in DC, um, still had kind of production in my blood, was, was planning weddings for my friends um, on the side. Uh, and it quickly became clear that I just wasn't living my passion. So I started my event planning firm, Michael Henry Events, back in 2008. Uh, and slowly grew that as I scaled back my hours practicing law, essentially. Uh, and then it got to the point where I said, hey, you know what? You actually can do this and this can be your living and you can be living your passion and you can be doing uh, what you love to do and make money at it. So <laughs> something that turned into a side hustle became my uh, full time career. And, uh, and I left the practice of law and um, have been running my event planning firm ever since. Uh, then on top of that, we recently spun off um, Fetphone, our audio guestbook product. Thanks for the plug for that, um, which, uh, which has been really exciting. We developed it recently for a client at an event. Uh, they wanted something interesting and kind of techy, but not, not an app, not, uh, not something that had people's heads in their phones. They were tech lovers, but wanted it to kind of be unobtrusive and part of the party and another, um, another activation for their guests. Uh, so my team and I came up with this idea, you know, let's do an audio guest book. Let's find a way to uh, allow guests to use telephones to record voicemail messages to, in this case, uh, the you know, guest of honor at a 40th birthday party. 
Uh, and then we quickly realized this is a standalone service that we can offer. So we spun it off as its own company. We're shipping nationwide. We have 30 different styles of phones that you can rent. And the best part is it's totally self-contained. So you don't need internet, you don't need Wi-Fi, you don't need a mobile phone or apps to make it work. It's uh, you plug it in and use the phone as the interface to record an outgoing greeting uh, that your guests will hear before they leave their messages. Uh, you hear a beep and, uh, and you can leave your message after the tone. So it sounds like a call is connecting and like you're leave, uh, using a voicemail, but you don't, actually, uh, you don't actually need a phone line to make it work. That is so cool. And I think it's like the dream. We work with so many technology companies and it's just the dream that we find a company that comes out of something that a planner themselves realized was a need um, because so, so many times the technology is built by someone in the tech world who just thinks that they could build something. And then they suddenly halfway through the process think, oh, we could apply this to the events world. And they really have no idea what value it necessarily <laughs> brings to the work that we do. Um, did you find that that, I mean, I think there are challenges too with that, right? You probably, you know, how to build and scale a very product focused thing as opposed to the services we're used to selling. What are some of the good parts about that and also things that were a little bit challenging? Sure. I mean, it is definitely flexing different muscles. I sort of see myself as uh, now having moved over to the vendor side uh, from the event planner side, and I'm learning all of the things that vendors have to learn about client relationships, marketing your product, marketing your service, um, you know, being, being, delivering great customer service and, uh, and really serving the needs of your event planner clients and, and customers. Um, it was a huge mission of ours from day one because we are event planners or because our founders are event planners to make this as easy and simple and streamlined as possible, right? So we thought about those things like if you need to go to a venue and say, hey, is there a phone line uh, available at your event? That's a non-starter. It's an additional step that makes it a hurdle to, uh, to implement our technology at your event. You, you know, to, even just making sure that you have good Wi-Fi connectivity, we needed to eliminate that so that it wasn't a worry like it is for so many other event technology platforms. And then the other thing that you know I've been really learning and um, enjoying is getting constant feedback from uh, from your customers and from your clients and working to iterate your product and improve it as you go. And that's honestly been a lot of fun. I love um, I love sort of interacting with our, uh, our our customers to hear about the inventive use cases that they're coming up for our phones and uh, and you know sort of the the kinds of interactions that their attendees are having uh, around our service. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm fascinated. I know Liz had got a chance to, to get a glimpse at the uh, at FetPhone recently. And, uh, and, and you know, she, Liz sees a lot of things. And so when she comes back and she's excited about something, I know it's absolutely something I should pay attention to. I'm curious, what um, what uses are you finding or, or who do you find this is servicing more? Is it like special events, um, weddings or... Uh, where are you finding uh, the most uh, creative uses for FetPhone? Yeah, 
So we, we certainly do a lot of business in the um, social space, so weddings, anniversaries, retirement parties, mitzvahs, anything where you would otherwise have a guest book, this is sort of a no-brainer, right? Because you're just doing an audio version of the traditional guest book, which I think really strikes that balance between you know, getting those um, see you next summer type yearbook, not really uh, all that meaningful messages and something like a video confessional, which where attendees feel like too on display to really be uh, to really be honest or, or to say their feelings. Um, so we're finding that like the social clients really love it because it, it, it strikes that sweet spot between uh, between the other options that are available in the guest book space. But our meeting and corporate event and nonprofit clients are coming up with really fun ways to, to use our products. So, you know, they are collecting testimonials or consumer stories or feedback from their attendees about their product, about their conferences. And because it's almost a, a no UI experience, you know, we're just asking people to speak into a phone, which is something that they're used to doing. Uh, we're finding that people are getting a lot more honest and contemporaneous feedback. So you'll walk away from your event with a 30-second soundbite about what this product means to you and how it impacts your life. And that's a great story that you can then overlay over a Facebook video or, you know, or uh, transcribe to use in traditional formats. But you get that consumer experience story, which is often so difficult to collect. Um, or you're getting, you know, real honest feedback right away because there are no forms to fill out. There's no, you know, app where you have to type out your message. You just pick up a phone and talk. <laughs> um, and then on the nonprofit side, we're seeing a lot of um, inventive, you know, doing a blind auction where, uh, where guests can't see each other's bids because they're sort of placing them into a phone. Uh, and then outbidding themselves. And then after the event, you kind of can collect what everyone uh, bid and issue the prizes. Or we're seeing unmanned pledge banks. So maybe for those, um, for those guests who are not so tech savvy, not so mobile savvy, uh, who don't really love text to pledge, this is a way where you don't have to staff a phone bank or staff volunteers. You just say, pick up the phone, leave us a voicemail with your donation pledge. Um, and uh, your address, and we'll you know we'll get in touch with you to collect your contribution, um, and that's just our basic product, right? So that's our that's our hear a message, hear a tone, then leave your message in response. Um, but we also offer custom configurations that really open up the world. Uh, so it can just be an information delivery mechanism where you know you're doing wayfinding or information about a specific site within your overall conference or trade show. You can do scavenger hunt clues where you're in encouraging attendees to move from one point to another to another and using the phone as an interface for people to get kind of their next step uh, in the process and collecting points along the way. So there's lots of fun stuff that's, that's coming out of the creative minds of the event planners that we're working with. I love this idea that we're going back to like the traditional phone. I mean, anyone will tell you who knows me, I hate the phone. Um, <laughs> I, I like avoid phone calls at all costs. I just, I think that's the introvert in me. But um, I do have, I've always for some reason loved these very like antique looking phones, which I notice is a lot of the style of the phones that you guys have. Um, and I think there's something nice about going a little more analog instead of making everything connected to the internet and, and having some digital experience. 
Yeah, and I mean, I love a great app, and we obviously love um, event technology, but there is something about a physical experience where you're working with the actual interface, right? You're picking up a phone that's serving as a decor item or reinforcing your overall design concept. Uh, and then the experience of it still has you looking up and being a part of the overall celebration, right? You're not buried in a screen. You're not behind a VR helmet. As cool as those technologies yeah. are, they do sort of remove you from the, from the experience, at least momentarily. And the other thing that we're seeing a lot of, which I think is really fun, is groups of people are using it, right? It's not like the office voicemail where, you know, oh, I have to call that customer. I have to call that client and have this, you know... And, and leave them a voicemail message. It's a bunch of people getting together and sort of screaming nonsense into a phone or trying to outdo each other on their messages because they sort of hear one person leaving something ridiculous and then the next person leaves something ridiculous in return, you know? So that kind of social activity around, um, around the telephone that goes back to like the party line days of, you know, uh, of, or getting, you know, getting your um, friends together and, and calling somebody at, at their parents' house or something like that. All of that is kind of recreated through this experience. I love it. Well, thanks. <laughs> now, uh, let's travel back into time a little bit. I'm in interested prior to sort of being this, I don't know if you uh, consider yourself an event tech company. Um, I guess we certainly would. But uh, we, as a planner, what what was that experience like for you with uh, uh, Michael Radulinski events? Uh, so, I mean, I, um, so Michael Henry events, my event planning company has always been really fond of tech, right? We use tech in our planning process. We use great project management tools. We use every collaborative tool that you can work with online to communicate with our clients, to streamline the planning process. And that's been a real market differentiator for us because we understand tech, we're familiar with it, it's not scary, and we can pick tools that are also not scary for our clients. So, and then we are always looking for fun ways to, particularly on the social side, which tends to be a little bit more traditional, incorporate technology in a way that's not obtrusive. So we have created, you know, cool activations for um, our social guests that, you know, we'll do kind of a touchscreen photo booth before touchscreen photo booths were really a thing. And we, you know, we were always exploring different avenues to subtly incorporate tech. So for us, kind of creating this particular um, product uh, was a natural extension of the way we view events and the role that technology plays in them. Now, I do have some questions for you that we like to ask the planners that come on the show. One, I'm going to kind of preface because you might need a little bit of time to think about it, but this would be an event horror story. And I guess it could be on your planner side, but also maybe with FET phone. Um, and I also would love to hear about, maybe we can start with first you telling us about the best event you've ever planned and why you loved it so much. Wow. So kind of the opposites. <laughs> um, the best event... I mean, we, we really have had some fantastic clients. Uh, <laughs> on the planner side, we just we actually just won the um, Ilea Spree Award for Best Wedding for an Antiguan wedding uh, that we did for a really phenomenal couple uh, based here in the States, uh, in New York. But we got to travel down to Antigua. We did this um, over-the-top shipwrecked yacht concept that was all about 
the the conceit was a uh, a yacht that had capsized in the ocean, spilling uh, cases of rosé champagne and chandeliers into the deep that tumbled in the surf and washed up on shore. So everything was this like deconstructed, like dripping with um, with moss and seaweed and air plants, um, uh, like crystal luxury. Uh, that was really, really fun. And it was a three day experience that started with um, a catamaran sail from the resort where everyone was staying to a really low key beach bar where there was a reggae band and we just had. Uh, you know, lobsters that you ripped across, uh, apart with your hands um, and had a really casual experience. And then we went to the following day where it was, you know, full-blown reception with a really phenomenal band, like great lighting, really opulent over the top to uh, you know, walking everybody down the down a path along the beach with sparklers to the after party venue. And just as everybody got to the after party, uh, a thousand white fireworks shot up directly overhead and everybody felt like they were uh, like ducking and covering because they were going to be covered in fireworks. They had such a fun time with it. <laughs> <laughs> so stuff like that. I mean, like, and we've really been so fortunate to have those really incredible events where our clients give us the freedom to create and do um, really over-the-top stuff that's still fun and uniquely tailored to their personalities. Th those are, you know, that's, that's why I do this. It's really, uh, on the planning side, it's really incredible. Um, and I think you asked about horror stories, which is honestly a little bit harder. I mean, of course, there are, like, there are always challenging moments um, in event planning or in the execution of an event, but I always tell my staff that the whole point of having a detailed plan for your entire event is, is it's not about following that plan to the letter, but it's about having the mental capacity to deal with the unanticipated circumstances that inevitably come up because you know that all of the basics have been taken care of, right? So I, I'll give you an example. We had, a, we had another destination wedding, this one on the Mayan Riviera. Um, held at the former home of an Italian duchess, uh, which was really spectacular. And the resort kind of had all these villas around the property and we got to move through the spaces, which were, you know, the spaces were covered, but getting from one place to another was all outdoors. So just as the outdoor ceremony is finishing, a tropical depression rolls in, right? So all the guests luckily had been inside in the, in the, the main villa, um, when there was a torrential downpour that just kind of the sky opened up and started pouring water down. And you can't control the weather, right? <laughs> um, and a gust of wind came by, like blue menus off the tables. Of course, all of that stuff always happens when there's um, unanticipated weather circumstances. And it was all under, the reception dinner was all planned to be under a covered but open air palapa, right? So, um, so the things were... We had a rain plan um, in place, obviously, but, uh, but it was still kind of a little bit subject to the weather. But instead of dealing with, you know, the, tr the typical stuff that you normally have to deal with during cocktail hour, like making sure the bride and groom are getting their photos taken, making sure that the caterers are, you know, ready to plate the first course, all of that was in our detailed plan. And so we got to focus on solving the problem while everybody already knew what they had to do, right? So, you know, we rolled up our sleeves, we found the menus in the bushes, we put them back on the tables, we found, uh, we went to the guest rooms, gathered 30 red umbrellas that matched the signature color of the event, 
um, so that we could escort guests from the cocktail hour to this open air palapa. We brought like four blow dryers from guest rooms and set them up in the uh, in the bathroom at the uh, in the women's room at the uh, reception area so that, you know, if the bride's Marquesa gown got wet on the bottom while she was walking over, we could take her in and blow dry her and dry her off really quickly. So we were, we had the mental capacity to kind of deal with all of that. So it was stressful, but it wasn't, it wasn't something that we, you know, couldn't manage because you, you have that great plan in place. Wow. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know that we've, we've, uh, we've gotten a story that, um, that intense <laughs> listening to it um that's fantastic so just for for the listeners um who didn't get a chance to hear this as we uh got on on this call today i i was sort of alerting you that you had a duplicate profile <laughs> on linkedin <laughs> um because i read your uh your events industry profile which was ex you know extensive in itself and then i found another one with the same name and the same face with a whole other identity, which you alluded to earlier in the podcast, uh, the time that you were a lawyer, and uh, and you did confirm that both were you, both are in fact you. There's no hacking, but uh, there's a, there's something that, that that sort of jumped out to me. It's the idea of um, of how I guess you figured you figured out something that I think all of us uh, in the planning industry strive strive for is how to appraise. And, uh, and manage your time in such a disciplined fashion, which I can only imagine has to have happened for you to uh, accomplish those things. And, and law school is no walk in the park or being a lawyer. So um, any secrets you could divulge on, on, on how you look at you know, the hours of your day and, and your workload to make it work that you can, you can be so highly functional? Um, I owe a lot of credit to some of the project management tools that I use, honestly, like I have detailed to do lists for just about every area of my life. Um, and they're all online. So I can access them, you know, from my phone or from my computer or regardless of where I am. And I am a big believer that you that your energy changes throughout the, the day. Uh, and you need to sort of be working on the tasks where that you're most sort of focused and eager to work on in any given moment, with due respect to the fact that there's always stuff that we just need to get done uh, and that you need to get off your to-do list. So every day I open up that app and I, um, and I look through my to-do list and I say to myself, like, these, you know, these seven things I need to accomplish today, right now my energy is most geared towards doing X, so why don't I do X for a little while? I'm going to do uh, Y and Z to get them off my plate. And then I'm going to revisit what my energy is like later in the day uh, to see what else I can tackle. Um, and, and that's really, that's how I manage. It's a lot of um, switching of hats and, and going from one project to another. But I'm not a time blocker. I don't, you know, I don't... Uh, those strategies have never worked for me because I, um, my, my passions change as the day progresses. Well, you are uh, hashtag time management goals for the rest of us. <laughs> so I appreciate you sharing the tidbit. Um, unfortunately, we, uh, we've sort of got to come to the end of, uh, of our discussion. And we hope to, to be able to do a longer one uh, another time around. But before we end, I would ask three things of you um, in closing. One would be a recommendation for a book, whether it's about um, managing your time or, or something that you feel has been instrumental in helping you succeed 
at the level that you that you have. Uh, the second is your favorite app. Um, as I know, you mentioned that there's a there's a few apps that that sort of again help you do what you do so well. And uh, and the third is just how people can get in touch with you uh, via social or any other means that's uh, that's most accessible for you. Um, so let me, uh, so I'll, I'll say a couple of, uh, a couple of things, um, on favorite book, I think anyone who has a path similar to mine where they're in a profession that, uh, that might not be their passion should read, um, one person, multiple careers, the original guide to the slash career. So that's what allowed me to be a lawyer slash event planner and think of my uh, and, and think of my profession as um, as one part of you know my legal profession as one part of my persona and my events profession as another part of my persona and manage those two together. So that's that's a good uh, that's a good uh, th- that book really helped me a lot. Um, on top of that, a favorite app, uh, the app I was alluding to was Asana, which is a web platform and also a mobile app. And I honestly, like I would go work for them. I think they're genius. <laughs> so, uh, it's, uh, A-S-A-N-A for those that aren't familiar. And it really, the, their collaborative to-do lists and checklists and, and, and being able to manage multiple projects and, uh, and have, get things off of email and into the associated task has really helped, uh, the collaboration for my entire team. And then um, in terms of staying in touch, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at FETFONE, that's F-E-T-E-F-O-N-E, and Michael Henry Events, uh, either one of those or both if you care. Well, thank you very much, uh, Michael. It's been uh, delightful chatting with you and, uh, and, and we look forward to, to future collaborations. You're, you're the reason we, we host this podcast because um, we know there's so much talent out there and it's great to, to get a chance to sort of connect uh, a little more in depth in this format. So thank you again for your time. And, and thank uh, you both for doing this. Absolutely. And for everybody tuning in, we thank you guys for taking the precious minutes out of your day to uh, to listen to us jibber jabber. And uh, we we share this online at TexiTalk.com, uh, Stitcher, iTunes, and a bunch of different uh, platforms. So if you ever want to catch the playbacks of this or any other previous episodes, um, you can find the listings definitely on TextyTalk.com. Uh, we have uh, the, the year isn't quite finished yet. We still have some more guests coming up for you. So please be on the lookout for the next podcast. And, uh, and until then, hustle hard.